I'm matchmaker Maria, the founder of Agape Match. For over a decade, I've combined four generations of family matchmaking tradition with modern relationship psychology, behavioral science, and dating trends. With this unique expertise, I answer your dating and relationship questions and interview experts to give you the tools to find or keep the love of your life. This is Ask a Matchmaker. Welcome, welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. This episode is a hotline episode. That's right. This is recorded in front of a live Zoom audience. And I have a special co-host this week. It's certified dating coach, Damona Hoffman, who is also the host of the Dates and Mates podcast, which is celebrating its 10th season. Welcome, Damona, to Ask a Matchmaker podcast. Thank you for having me back. It's always good to see you. Oh, it's always great to see you. I, I love talking to you. And it's it's so funny. Like once we logged into this, I was like, don't talk because I, I need to record and I really <laughs> want to talk to you. So what's been going on in on your end, on, on your coast? You're on the left coast. I'm on the right coast. Uh, we're recording the day after Halloween. <laughs> yes. And uh, I have two kids. So we were out in these streets and I get Usually I get about 3,000 trick-or-treaters, but I got 2,000 this year. Which Wait, is that a real about. number or are you exaggerating? No, 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 I'm not exaggerating whatsoever. It's like a block party. It's insane, but I love it. I love it. <laughs> how much, how many bags of candy do you need for that kind of endeavor? Usually eight to 10 of the giant, giant, like 365. Yeah, it's, it's very serious. I take Halloween very seriously, but I always have. And I, I actually, it's funny because I, I have my clients, I, I do a lot of online dating coaching mm-hmm. and I have my clients, I, I have them look for pictures in Halloween costumes every year because I'm like this or, or set it up because it's, it's a great conversation starter for a dating profile, but absolutely. Yeah. Um, I have the opposite issue. We live on a dead end. And there's a massive Halloween block party three three streets away. So we don't get any trick-or-treaters. We did not get a single one tenth year in a row. Oh my gosh. Were you were you dressed up? Did you go out? Yes, we were dressed up. We always do the family dress up. So we were the Toy Story family this year. I was Jesse. I was I was PG rated Jesse, not X-rated Kendall Jenner (laughs) Jesse from Toy Story. I saw a lot of sexy Jessies. <laughs> I didn't even know you could make Jesse sexy. I'm I disturbed saw, by that. Wait, this one was really good. I saw a sexy Chucky, a sexy Chucky, like the, the doll, like the, the murdering doll. Yeah. I was like, wow. That's a I saw a sexy popcorn machine. I kind of <laughs> want to do that though. Next year. Maybe you know, year. uh, at what age can we do the sexy stuff again? Like, I feel like I've had to retire the sexy stuff because now I do family costumes with my kids. Uh, no, you can still be sexy and do a family costume. You know, okay. This year, my son was like dead set on us being the Adams family. And I was like, yes, I'm going to be Morticia. I'm going to sexy this shit up. And then I realized like, okay, so my daughter's going to be Alexander. Um, excuse me. My daughter, Alexander is going to be Wednesday. So she's just going to wear a black dress with like a white collar. First of all, people are going to think that she's Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> <laughs> true and second of all like she's two she wants like princess stuff that's what she that's what she keeps asking for i can't put her in like a black dress no on you halloween do, you do need a, if you're going to do the hall the the adams family you need a couple years i did yeah. it with my kids a few years ago and it was perfection i actually put it on my instagram so if you want to i gotta that. i gotta find it i gotta find inspo, it but oh that's amazing yeah but so, no, yeah my, good, you know george was buzz and i got to see his junk in the buzz costume <laughs> and then everyone else got to see his junk <laughs> it's great it's great and then um and he was so excited because he came with like these glow sticks for him to put in his um his costume okay um he was, was just so sexy excited. buzz <laughs> no it was like a regular buzz and then you know my son was woody and um my daughter was bo peep and uh you know it's, like i said it's the day after halloween we're recording this and right now I can hear my children screaming in the other room because they are drunk on sugar. Yeah. They have had so much chocolate in the last hour. 
Uh, I know. Yeah. I feel the same way. I, I was saying to my assistant this morning, I was like, I think I have a Halloween hangover and I didn't drink, but just right. the whole, like the energy of it. But right. I mean, what a perfect way to, to like get back into the routine than to be here with you. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. And, uh, we know the other things that are happening right now in terms of like when we're recording this, uh, I'm two days away from flying out to can no no not Cancun well I am flying to Cancun International to go to Tulum for one of my retreats that I'm hosting the Agape Intensive in Real Life and then after that I'm hosting a matchmakers conference in Cancun for 80 matchmakers oh my gosh I heard about this Maria you're famous obviously but you are it's like right, the, you are the leader of the matchmakers thank you you know, you are. I share, I share that. I, sh I, I hold that torch with a few other matchmakers, but thank you. Um, I know, but I've known you for a long time. We've, we've known yeah. each other at least 10 years, maybe at even, least 10 years. Yeah. I met you in like 2009 in Vegas. And you're the real deal. So that thank is you. exciting. So people can work with you, can go to Cancun with you and then matchmakers join you or what you're just going to Cancun. What do you, what do you it, we just happen to have two things happening out of the same airport in one week. So the Agabi match team is having our retreat, our women's agape intensive retreat um, in Tulum. To get to Tulum, you have to go through Cancun airport. And then that ends on the 7th. And then on the 10th, I'm, I'm going back up to Cancun to the resort that the conference is being hosted at. Uh, we have 80 matchmakers coming down uh, from across the, U from the US, from Europe, uh, I think we have like two Ukrainian matchmakers who have been completely displaced in Europe. Like it's oh, like wow. insane. Um, and, you know, also service providers, not just matchmakers. There's the service providers for matchmakers that are attending as well. Um, and it's uh, it's incredible. We have like three keynote speakers coming down. Um, and then, of course, our other speakers. It's, it's, it's going to be a good opportunity. It's our 10th year. So that's also like, wow, like I can't believe it's been happening that long. And none of it has hit me yet. It'll hit me tomorrow when I start packing last minute. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. So that. I've been busy doing this. Demona, your podcast got something on the Apple. It got featured. What, tell me what's going on. A few things have happened. I did get something on the Apple. Uh, we were featured for our season 10 launch and season 10 as in years, by the way. That's <laughs> in crazy. actual physical years. Not like I don't think years, I even knew like podcast existed 10 years ago. I know. <laughs> I was there. I was there back in the day. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been, it started just originally as, as a labor of love, no pun mm. intended, as a way to get the word out about, you know, my online dating coaching services I was offering. And then it really has blossomed into its own thing that also provides me an opportunity to talk with other dating experts, matchmakers like you, to talk with celebrities and psychologists and really to be able to serve in a different way. So I love doing it. So 10 years and, nothing. and you're a regular on the Drew Barrymore show. Oh, you've noticed. <laughs> I, I, I don't even like every time there is a clip that you are in, I will stop everything I'm doing to watch you. You are effervescent, uh, in that environment. Like, I love it. I think you're great. Do you fly out to New York every time? I do. I do. And um, before you say, why haven't you called? <laughs> it's like, Oh no, it's, I don't want you to call me. <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> it's, I know you're so busy. Um, it's yeah. They just fly me out for uh, the evening. I work the yeah. next morning and then back to the airport the next day. And it's been busy because I also, I do my signature program twice a year. So it's in mm. the fall and in January, which also happens to be the time when I'm needed most in television for back you know, the fall season segments and the Valentine's day segments. So what's your signature program? It's called the dating accelerator. So it's a 10 week program where I take people through all of the nuts and bolts of, of creating a dating plan and launch them that. into love success. I love that. See, there's different plans for different people. And I love that, you know, I love that you can be on here and there's like, I've been on your podcast. You're on my podcast. Like there is this camaraderie in, in our industry where we can support each other without feeling competition because there's enough, not only there's enough singles to go around, but there's also like enough, there's different ways that solutions fit 
different people at the time that they need them. And I think that's really great that, you know, I love meeting people who are of service to others and you're, you're an exemplary example of that. Thank you. And I, I love that there's different, there are different modalities too. I don't know that sounded very heady, but like there's different ways to find love, right? Is so, your kid doing the SATs? Because that was like an SAT word. No, I'm just a nerd. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just smarter than you, Maria. Keep going. No, I, I'm just a nerd. I'm I'm actually writing a book right now, so uh-huh. I'm like trying to find the right words all the time. Um, but it won't be out until 2024. So relax, hold your horses, everybody. But I can't wait. There's so many different ways to find love. And so we have all of our different areas of expertise. And I love even just talking about your matchmaker summit. People think like, oh, is it a competition? And like, I was on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and my friend Devin Simone was on Real Housewives of New York. And people are like, oh, is it contentious? Is it a competition? I'm like, no, there's everyone. I, I feel like everyone needs help in love in some in some way, the the situation we've created, we really invented dating, right? It it's 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 a construct, and especially with dating apps, it's created a a lot of confusion and frustration for people. And why wouldn't you have a professional to shepherd you through it? If you you know want to get better at tennis, you hire a tennis coach. If you know you want you want to improve at anything else, you you get help. And so I love that. Uh, you are supporting people in your way and that I get to support people in mine. Absolutely. I have been fighting for my life. I haven't really commented a lot, but I put up a comment. I put up a thing about like, someone asked me a question about like, there are so many comments. There's more people who like it, who agree with me, but they like it. But everyone else um, that doesn't like it, they comment. So the question was, I'm abstinent, waiting for marriage. And most guys run immediately. Is there hope? LOL. And I wrote, I wrote a pretty, like, I wrote, I don't know. I'm not the right person to ask. Sounds tough what you're doing. I don't know about you, Demona, but like, I didn't grow up in, I grew up in New Jersey where purity culture is not a thing. No. And I'm also Greek where purity culture is certainly not a thing. Like the idea, oh. no, are you kidding? Like, I don't know. Everyone does premarital sex there. In fact, most people in Greece don't get married until they're pregnant. They do like a Greek wedding combo. Uh, what's it was called wedding baptism combo thing. Um, and then, I, you know, I did add my own perspective, which is what people really disagree with. I wrote, I love premarital sex and did only great. And it did only great things for me in my relationship with my husband to have those experiences. And I also didn't turn into a burning bush. So I think the God I believe in, she's cool with me being a hoe and man, people are really what? upset that I wrote are, that. Like the, the religious, they, they feel like you're. They, a lot of the, so again, this has like over 900 likes. So the people that like it, like it. Mm, And the people that don't like it, they're commenting. And the comments are like, you're judging. You just shamed her. And I'm like, okay. Like, I don't don't think I shamed him. (laughs) No, I think you shared personally your, your experience and you acknowledged her, her choice is very challenging. And I feel like you gave her empathy and support on that. Someone here wrote like, I'm usually a fan of your honesty and have been a fan for a while, but this was an off-putting response from you. She asked for her perspective. If there's any hope for her, you could have just said, I don't know and moved on or said it will make it a lot harder. There's always hope or even no, if that's what you believe. Instead, you act like she asked, I believe Jesus says to wait until marriage. Well, that is what, that's what she said. That is what purity culture. I'm sorry. Anyone who tells me that they want to wait until marriage that to me is immediate purity culture because marriage is a institution. <laughs> I'm with you. You can see it's your Instagram. So you say you can oh, respond God, in the way, right? That, that is honest to you. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do the saving myself for marriage. I don't knock anyone else who is doing it. And I don't think you were knocking her. I don't care saying- if you decide to do that, but it's also really foreign to me. Like, I grew up in a state that's not that religious and I live and I, and I'm, and I belong to a subculture that doesn't do that. Well, I think all overall, just American culture, like we look at the cohabitation rates and how much they've increased dramatically over the last, what, two decades, three decades. And so now it is the norm to move in together before you are married. That was Mm. not the case when 
our parents were dating. Well, my parents were in America. I don't, and it sounds like it was not the case in, in Greece at all. I mean, so. people, including my parents, 20 years ago, people got married a lot earlier. I don't know how old this woman is, but usually people asking me these questions are over 35. Mm-hmm. Like that mm-hmm. specific question, right? And and maybe she's 22. And if she's 22, just hold out, like wait a year, you might find them. Um, there is... I, I noticed that the most of the people that do want to wait until marriage, they tend to be younger. Mm. Interestingly, my sister is now born again Christian after her second divorce, and she is saving herself for marriage again. So she's practicing so, celibacy. She's practicing and has been for a lot of years. I won't out her here. But, you know, that's her life choice. And I will say it does it does make I think it makes dating harder for her because her options are more limited. I mean, even there are a lot of people, like I was just watching Love is Blind and there was somebody who was like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but like I'm, but I believe in sex before marriage. And the other person who was a Christian did not subscribe Mm -hmm. to the same beliefs. So even within certain cultures or religions, there are variations, but I think any strong statement that you make on, on dating is going to eliminate possible options. So whether you're like, oh, I'm not dating anyone outside of my five five mile radius, or I'm not dating anyone who's not saving themselves for marriage, that's limiting the pool. We do date, dating pool math. And I thought I could be, I thought I could show a little fun in that answer because first she asked, is there hope? And then she followed it by LOL. And the moment I see yeah. the LOL, it's like, okay, let's, let's have a little fun with this answer. And I'm, I was just like, whoa, there's a lot of, whew, you know, I, I, and look, if she felt like I shamed her and if she felt like uh, I offended her, I apologize. I am very, very sorry to that person, yeah. but that was certainly not my intention. Um, I just feel like, you know, I'll, I'll tell you why I thought about it this way. Um, sometimes I feel like that culture that purity culture, which by the way, it's so weird. You're, yeah. You're asking the wrong person. I'm like literally the person who's coined ho phase. Like what's, what's going on. Uh, but, um, but also, you know, I think that there is this place where people are thinking sex is going to be so much more special until after we get married. And it's like, there's no promises. Mm-mm. On the other hand though, I do see also like, I consider myself sex positive. Right. But right. I do feel like there's been a huge pendulum swing in the other direction where people are like, no, I got to have sex like immediately. Otherwise, I'm not going to make an investment in this relationship because sex is never going to be good. And I gotten into some Instagram brawls over that because I say I don't have a wait six dates. Wait, I just you don't have the 12 date rule. I don't have the 12 date rule, but I trademark TM. It is. Did you? Yeah. Oh, I need to talk to you about trademarks later. But if you, if you wait until you have built the anticipation and that you trust that person, because it's like, if you can't talk about the consequences of sex. Oh yeah. With that person, you're probably not ready to start having sex with that person. Right. And especially it's going to be very interesting in a post row world to see what happens to the sex positive and, um, you know, the sex positive I mean, culture. People ask me all the time, like, oh, how do I tell people, like, did they get a CD check? I'm like, you ask them, did you get a CD check? Like, make it like mundane conversation. Like, do you want to grab yeah. ice cream after this? Oh, did you get a CD check? Like, yeah, that's how it needs to be. And, you know, yeah, pregnancy is certainly a consequence of sex, obviously. And in a post-row world, I mean, gosh, this episode's coming out after election. So who knows what the fuck is happening? But, um, but it is scary. And, um, God, one of my clients just had, um, her tubes tied because she doesn't, she doesn't want to be in a situation where she has to make a difficult decision because she's in a state that. That's horrible. Could do that. That's horrible. Unless that's really what she wanted. That's just, I mean, yeah, she doesn't want to have kids. So now she's eliminated the possibility. And I've done that and it is not a nice surgery. Let me tell you. Oh, really? It is not nice. Um, I've, I had my yeah, husband heard, get a vasectomy. I've heard that vasectomies have been on the rise. Um, yes, they are. 
They are. They certainly, it's like Good. a three month wait. You take some responsibility guys. <laughs> you know, that's how I pitched it to him. Um, last November, he went and got one. It's been a year. We celebrated, uh, we celebrated, a, a few days ago. Um, and, uh, I gotta say the sex is better. The sex what? is better. Yes. His, really? his, uh, his, uh, I will say his penis is bigger. And I think it's because he's not wearing condoms anymore. So it's like, I never knew, you know, like I, I I've, I'm saying this publicly on my podcast, but like, okay. So prior to having kids, we always wore condoms. So mm -hmm. I knew that size. And then when we were having kids, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're, we don't have accidental babies in this family, we, you know, had sex with purpose. Mm -hmm. And when you're trying to have kids, there is a certain sort of anxiety that happens. And now that we have had a vasectomy, I'm like, yo, Freedom. what the hell? Like, who is this? Who is this Freedom. guy? <laughs> Welcome to the so, other side. <laughs> uh, for anyone uh, thinking about getting it done, um, there's only uh, four thumbs up at, from the penguin family over here. <laughs> <laughs> but the um, vasectomies can be reversed, whereas yes. if you get your tubes tied, that's it. Game over. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah. Good like they, It's, yeah. Oh, I I'm so that. happy. I mm. I was so happy, but you know, if there is someone that is wanting to have kids and is just like, I, people are terrified right now. You know? Yeah. And unfortunately there's a lot of people who are like, who don't care. And I think that makes it just so much worse, like not to care. Yeah. I'm in California. Anyway. So that's not look at, look at, look at where the much. tangent of this uh, Instagram post has taken us. So, uh, are we ready to take on some questions? Or hear some stories, depending on uh, who's raising their hand. Yes, let's do it. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. How can we help you? Hi, Matchmaker Maria. So um, I am a devout follower of your ways. <laughs> um, my last relationship ended in July, kind of traumatically. I got back on the apps, thought I was ready. Um, actually met a really great guy who, um, when I mentioned your name, he researched you on Instagram and like memorized the rules and was totally on board. Um, he we memorized the dates. rules. Like, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So we made it through and we made it through more than 12 dates, um, and lots of long phone calls and FaceTimes and then plenty of in-person dates. Um, and then it got to a point where, you know, you've talked about kind of mourning the single life. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know if that's what I'm doing, but, um, I'm also finding things that I don't know if I'm ready to accept in a relationship. Like, I feel like he's very defensive. Um, he has an ex-wife and a young child with her and they're friendly and they keep in touch and I have no issues with that. Um, but I guess he, he like told her some stuff and then she kind of started dating people, but she's being really like secretive on her end. And when he talked to me about it, I was like, well, then just don't tell her anything. Like you don't need to be free with your information if she's not going to be the same. And he was like, well, then I guess I just can't do anything right. And I was like, oh, okay. Like that's one thing I, I don't, I didn't think about it before potentially being back in a relationship, but now that I'm potentially back in one, I'm like, I don't know if I can deal with someone like that or that like defense mechanism of saying things that make me feel like I need to backtrack and reassure them. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. Uh, point of clarification, has he reacted like this before? kind of um so I I have lost a bunch of weight and I've been having a bunch of like plastic surgery to um like nip and tuck my loose skin good for you and he got thank you but um and he's super nice oh my gosh matchmaker Maria this is like the nicest most complimentary man I've ever dated in my life and he's like you don't need to change anything which as much as I can appreciate that I'm like okay I've worked really hard and like paid mm. a lot of money to get this done mm -hmm. but um he got really <laughs> I actually kind of called him out on it because he almost started speaking as if he was going to like throw down some slam poetry like very like matter of fact and very punctuated with each like enunciated and I was like whoa dude like about what he got very passionate about, about what about me not needing surgery he's like look listen like 
all you girls like feeling this way about your body but like the way he was saying it was really like we were like slam poetry like open mic night Mm. and I was like wow and I called him out on it and but now I'm realizing he's just kind of defensive natured like instead of me saying like oh then just like don't tell your ex anything you can be friendly without divulging tons of information because she's like the closest friend you have um Mm -hmm. I don't know and maybe I just now that I'm here I'm like do I want to date I don't don't even know and another thing is he wanted to like so we talked a lot before we met by the time we had finished the 12 dates it had been nine days since we had met face-to-face Wow, And he was like, I'm sure about you. Like, and he wasn't love bombing me or anything. He hasn't said anything like over the top or made any crazy romantic gestures or suggested like, let's, you know, go to Thailand on vacation. Like he hasn't really love bombed me, but I don't, just the whole thing. I'm just like, cancel, cancel. And like, let me out of this. How long have you been dating? Um, Since July, like end of July is when my last relationship ended. Okay, so three months. Uh, Damona, uh, you've been <laughs> quietly nodding along. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking it all in. Uh, yeah, that is a pretty fast start to it. Certainly, uh, I have slightly different rules from Matchmaker Maria, but I also co-sign everything she says. And um, it sounds to me like you're in, you're having a little bit of, of concern because it is happening so fast and it and I mean it's like you went from in another relationship to being on the apps to suddenly being in another relationship in the span of like it sounds like a couple of weeks right um and it sounds like some of what's coming up for him or what's what's creating conflict in your relationship may be old programming stuff from his prior relationship and because I mean they have a kid together they have to be in they have to be in contact in some way, but it sounds like they're still a little bit, I don't want to say enmeshed, but they're still in close contact with one another. I'm curious if you have any insight into why, what he says was the reason for their divorce. He got, okay. So if, it, if anyone listens to this, they're going to know who they, they are, but um, mm-hmm. so he is not formally educated but his ex-wife has her PhD and I guess she like threw that in his face a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then, so, I mean, and admittedly, this could be some of my past as well. I was with my ex-husband from 18 to 29 um, and con- like conflict was a big thing there. I, I feel like I kind of became a pushover in my marriage because I would rather just not fight about something. Like if you want to argue that the sky is orange like fine it's orange I don't care because it's not worth an argument to me um so I don't I don't know I think we're both probably bringing some baggage in obviously but I just am wondering if if this is like all a subconscious like defense mechanism where I'm like okay forget it I don't want this like or is this not a big deal and this is just communication stuff that we can work past and I mean it's not mutually exclusive right like both things can be true um okay well so there's another thing though because he keeps kind of dropping like a whatever this is that we're doing which I know you don't want to define it like he'll throw that into conversation at least a couple times a week he'll like text me with us in quotation marks and it's like okay we agreed you agreed that you could go along and just like get to know me and figure this out and make sure we're a really good fit before we get too involved. Um, so that's another kind of like passive aggressive thing that he does where I'm like totally that's turned the off. Word. That's the word. Yeah. Passive aggressive. <laughs> I've been wondering this whole time. I was like, she's describing something. What's the word? It's passive aggressive. Yeah. And it's not yeah. really, de- I wouldn't say it's defensive, but it is right. passive aggressive. And what it sounds, I'm just going to rip the bandaid off here. Cause what it sounds like to me is that in his past relationship, he didn't feel like he was really seen like he really had a a voice and like he had an equal seat at the table. And so feeling like he's in this undefined space, it sounds like to me is bringing up a lot of those same feelings for him. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Cause yeah, he said she was kind of like the shot caller and I don't want to 
be that way in our relationship, but I'm just not ready to commit yet. That's fair. That's fair. And I wonder what would happen if you said to him in those exact words, first he needs reassurance. Like I'm really, I'm in, I'm invested in getting to know you. When you say this, it makes me feel when you say whatever it is we're doing, it makes me feel pressured to move the relationship quicker than I'm ready. And I don't think that's fair to you or to me. If you said something to that, that just acknowledges his feelings, acknowledges your feelings and puts it out there so that he knows the exact behavior that's actually, he thinks that is going to inspire you to suddenly say, yes, I want to commit to you, but what it's doing, it's pushing you further away. Yeah. So we've had almost that like exact conversation um, where I've said, you know, you, you hint at us and quote unquote, whatever this is. Um, and then he'll say, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I don't want you to feel pressured or anything. But then the same conversation happened the other day. And he, in a span of like maybe a dozen texts, three times said, well, I'm going to give you your space. Well, I'm going to give you some space. And it's like, okay, well now I'm feeling like, I don't know. And maybe this is my past where I'm like, now I feel guilty that I need space. Like I just, it, it feels like so much work and I don't want it to feel that way. What do you, what do you like about them? We have, um, we're from the same like part of town, which is not super common. Um, we like the same music. We have similar kind of upbringings. Um, he's funny. We get along. Um, our end goal is similar. We have similar values and um, he already has a kid. I don't want any. And he's actually had a vasectomy. So there will be no more kids in the future. Um, <laughs> is that to you, Vi? Should I not know? No, that's, that's oh, okay. relevant. Yeah, I, I want to know okay. what you like about them because, you know, then now it's a matter of like, do you think that the issues that you have can be solved by either defining what this is? Because it seems like he does not like being in a nebulous place. That is an SAT word, Demona. Um, or <laughs> points, points for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, or is it um, or is this something like if you like them, is this something how you're feeling, something that could be fixed in couples counseling where they could give you the tools to better communicate with each other because this sounds a lot like a communication problem it also sounds like a pendulum dating pattern right like I dated this and I married this and now that I'm single I don't want to experience this again or I don't want this again and look that's fair right we learn from our past relationships all of us do um, but we don't want to project those feelings yes. that might be might lack closure, let's say, onto the next person. And he might be doing that to you, but you might also be doing that to them. Yes. And I've tried to be, I feel like I'm, I'm almost maybe hyper aware of that. And now worrying like, am I sabotaging this? Am I being crazy? <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I think, I think in the grand scheme of things, I have pretty decent perspective. And I think that it's workable, but then again, maybe I'm just having that like mourning the potential like freedom of single life and like, maybe I'm not ready to give that up. Well, you, it sounds like, did you have a single period in between you, your uh, last- I had a few months, yeah. Oh. Not a lot of Okay. <laughs> and you were with this person since you were 18. You probably don't even know who you are. No, 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 no. Okay. So I was married from 18. Well, I was with my ex-husband from 18 to 29. I'm now 36. Um, oh. My last relationship was about 14 months and that one ended really um, not in a good way. Okay. All right. I have one, one last question to, to no. guide us. <laughs> no, it's an easy one. Uh, how do you feel when you're with this person, not in the text and the back and forth and the conflict, but what, what do you feel when you're sitting with this, this man? That's such a great question. Pretty good, comfortable. 
it seems easy in that moment. I feel like now that you say that, I think some of our miscommunications are probably lack of like tone and stuff. If some of the things have been just just over text, others have been like face-to-face, -face. the Slam Poetry Day was face-to-face. -face. And then um, the conversation where I was like, well, don't tell her things, that was a phone call. Um, so it wasn't face-to-face -face, that one, but that one I was able to pick up tone. So yeah, and maybe That's... I'm being over aware, like hyper aware or hypercritical or hyper analytical. <laughs> no, well, it sounds like this is all happening very fast and you're figuring yourself out, as Maria said, you're figuring yourself out as this is all happening in motion. So there's a lot happening in once, plus all of the, the changes to your body that you are still yeah. adjusting to as well. You got a lot going on, girl. <laughs> so first, just give yourself some compassion for that. What I'm hearing, and I'm, I'm curious to hear what matchmaker Maria says as well. I'm hearing that you feel comfortable with this person. And, and I try to have my clients focus on how do you feel when you're, when you're with a significant other, not what does it look like on paper? Because on paper, it sounds like you're very aligned in the two things that I see as most important, shared goals for the future and shared values. It sounds like those are pretty well aligned. And like Maria said, it's, it's a lot of communication challenges to get there. I'm, I, <laughs> the, I find that over text and written communication, we are all still adjusting. Like I, I, I've done <laughs> webinars and seminars and trainings on the, what I call the texting trap because it's a feeling like you are communicating, but there's so much room for misinterpretation. And so it does concern me a little bit that some of these conversations are happening over text, but that you get a different feeling when you're together. So I'm with matchmaker Maria. I, if you can work through some of these communication challenges, it sounds like you have a lot here, but the timing and the communication are going to be key to figure out. I mean, it sounds like everyone needs a therapist. She needs a therapist. He needs a therapist and their relationship needs a therapist. And th there's nothing wrong with that, right? Because just because you have these problems with this person, it doesn't mean that those exact same problems are not going to follow you in the next guy you date. So, you know, just like Demona said, you know, you have similar core values. That's a big thing. You feel comfortable when you're around them. That's really big. Uh, so those two things, I wouldn't sleep on those things. Um, you know, I would certainly, you know, bring it up. Like if this is someone that you feel like you could be in a committed relationship you know, that is something you can broach. Like, listen, I think I, you know, I want this to work and I'd love to work with a couple therapists where we check in once a week to, you know, better strengthen our communication skills between us. And, um, you know, hopefully he learns how to stop being passive aggressive. And also I don't look, I don't know you and what you're like in terms of dating. Cause I'm sure if I got him on the hotline, he'd have his own perception. And maybe when he's talking about his ex-wife, uh, that's not your thing to solve. Maybe he's just saying it just to hear himself vent to someone. Good point. You know, so as far as taking it easy and like still just dating and getting to know each other at what point, because I feel like this is a Wednesday question where a girl would ask like how long and you'd be like, block them. It's done. Like this has taken too long or something. What's what's a reasonable timeline of feeling it out? Like how long? I would if, never if tell I you to block someone want... who well, no. you're in constant communication with and you're dating and you have core values aligned, right? Like, well, no, but you're... I mean, like if a girl said that, Hey, this guy won't commit to me after six months, then you would That's... probably say, like, okay, well, he's probably okay. not going to commit. Let's reverse the genders <laughs> for a second. Cause they're not the okay. same, right? It sounds like you do like this person. And it sounds like you want him to be your boyfriend. It sounds like though you have a lot of trauma from your previous relationship and you want to take things slow, but you're still dating them and you're still talking to them. And that's not the same as a guy breadcrumbing his way into sex. <laughs> so, you know, I don't, I'm not going to give you a timeline. I think you need to give him, um, a better sense to manage his expectations of what okay. you're going through right now, what you're thinking, what you're weighing. 
Okay. All right. Thank you. I, uh, no, thank you. I wish for, you, thank you, I wish you would in. give me like a definitive timeline. Cause then I feel like that gives me something, but um, I feel like you're just I, looking I, for I permission it. for us to tell you to break up with him. And I'm going to tell you that's not, you know, no, I don't think I'm at that point yet, but I just, I don't know. I'm not ready yet. <laughs> that's okay to not be ready. It's a big decision. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you. Thank you for calling in. Thank you. All right. Let's take our next caller. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. How can we help you? Hi, Maria. I am a first time caller, but long time listener. Um, I am in a little bit of a predicament, which I suppose is not a bad predicament in the sense that I am seeing three people at the same time because they all just kind of came about at the same time in regards to either matching and meeting and none of them. I don't have a definitive reason to give up any of them. And so I've just been continuing to date all three of them, but I, it's a lot to keep up with communication and what did I tell which one and, and we do completely different things. So it's just, it's a lot. (laughs) Are you going to ask us how you should choose the guy you date? So it's, there's definitely a clear front runner for me in terms of like who I um, align with in terms of values. One person is um, from another country, but they live in America. And so I find him utterly fascinating just because of, he grew up completely different than me. So I don't know if I, I vote him higher because of how interesting our conversations are, because we are two completely different people. And I've, I've never met somebody like him, but as far as value match, I would say somebody else matches in kind of seeing where that one goes more. So he's the one that I end up seeing more, then the other two um, distance for like one of them, one of them does not live in my state. So like that poses a little bit of a problem. One of them is much younger than me, which is something I've never dated before, but he doesn't come across as. Wait, like, how old are you? I am 31, going to be 32. And how old um, and is the younger is one? 20, just turned 27. I know. Feels I would, like a lot. I would retire that one. Yeah. That's just me. That's my automatic reaction. <laughs> You must be 28 years old to ride this ride. I don't know. I know. Damona, have you met 27 year old men? (laughs) Um, Besides this, you remember dating them? It was awful. Yeah, I know. And like, he seems super mature, but there's just some things where I was like, wait, when did you graduate from high school? That's when I graduated from Oh, that doesn't matter. I know, but like to me, it, it made the age gap seem a lot more. So yeah, as far as like alignment there goes, I, yeah he's not the one that the one that's okay. like, so, so what's, so what's the question? I guess it's like, my friends are all like, we'll just see it out until one of you, like one of them turns into a relationship and then let the others go. And I'm like, does that seem fair to the other two though? But, and how long has it been? Okay. It's only been like three weeks of a collective seeing all of them. Mm. <laughs> I think we would have a very different conversation if you called in three weeks from now. Okay. They might fall away on their own three weeks from now. Yeah. I, I, I have, I was going to say the exact same thing that your friends say. I, I always tell my clients that just continue to date them and be upfront about the fact that you are not exclusive. If you know, I, I think the assumption is you are not exclusive until proven otherwise, <laughs> until you have mm-hmm. the conversation. Uh, so I, I think you'll just find that eventually you'll be more interested in one and they will be more interested in you or not. Like maybe it's, maybe it's all these three, maybe it's none of these three, but you'll get to the point where you'll have clarity. But I feel like we're in such a rush to define the relationship before Mm. we have clarity ourselves. Do you Mm. see that too, matchmaker Maria? I I do see that. Um, And I also 100% agree with you. I would just keep dating and see who falls off because, you know, like you said, uh, all, all three might not be matches for you, uh, three weeks from now. Right. Um, and the only way to do that is to just keep going out on dates. What I would ask you to do in the next three weeks, or even in the next week is find ways to insert dopamine into these dates. And what I mean by that is start doing activity-based dates, go karaoke night, um, go ax throwing, do, um, 
live music, uh, walk across the West side highway, do things that require you, uh, not to go for a cocktail, not to go for dinner. Um, because that is what's going to help create either the latch to happen or the latch to just break. Yeah. With two of them so far, I have gone on like walking through a park dates that was like no coffee, no drinks, no nothing. And Mm -hmm. the other one, same thing, but it was like an indoor place that we walked through. So I've, I've done that with two of them. (laughs) I need Um, you to, but I need you to do like like more, more, right. Like, (laughs) like walking is not enough. Right. Um, like it has to be activity, you know, competitive. I mean, hell walk through an Ikea. Uh, (laughs) oh my gosh. I, we just talked about that in one of my episodes (laughs) and what happened? Uh, it's like the, the best guy, test. This is what the guy did. It was my like dating horror stories, Halloween special. And the guy was making a pun for every Swedish sign mm. <laughs> by the end of Ikea. Cause it's, it's, I mean, that's going to take you like at least an hour, if not two to get through Ikea. She was right. so exhausted with all of his puns. It was very clear. It was not a match. So yeah, take him to Ikea. <laughs> I like your idea about the competition too. Like my husband and I, we played pool on our second date and that really showed me, showed him who I was and it showed me who he was. Pool, uh, you know, this yeah. one guy that I dated, uh, like the same the, 10 years ago, right before I met my husband. Um, I remember we went on our, like our third date to like fat cat and, um, which is like a, it's like a games, like, you know, there's like different games or ping pong, whatever. And just the way I really like this guy, but the way he, I suck at ping pong. But the way he played ping pong and the way he did shuffleboard, like his facial reactions in competition, it gave me like the biggest ick factor. <laughs> like I was just like, I don't know if I could date you because your competition face is very annoying. And I really like this person. We shared the same values. He was like, he looked like, I don't know, a Greek god. <laughs> And I was just like, why? No, like <laughs> you can't make that face during ping pong. Like I was just, <laughs> n- no. Um, yeah, no, I would, I, you know, and I, and I gotta say like live music is a really great place too. like seeing how people react in that kind of environment where you have to focus on something else while you're enjoying yourself, you know, putting yourself in those positions with other people, because ultimately, you know, what long-term relationships are is a cooperation between two people that like each other you know, and it, it's really hard to choose to like someone for many, many years if you can't stand them in <laughs> certain environments. Because let me tell you something, uh, you know, Damone and I are both married, like the majority of our interactions with our spouses is not over cocktails and dinner as much as we'd love it to be. It's it's the day-to-day over stuff. And mops and dishes. <laughs> yeah. And, and, Change. and I, changing kids and yeah and a, and a testament to me you know to do that is to to do things that require you not to be focused over you know asparagus on your fork you know you just have to do other things and i think that you know you know if not all three you know if not two will drop out maybe three like you might have you might tell us a month from now that oh no i'm actually single again because all three weren't were not it but someone has to come out on top <laughs> And, you know, believe them when they do. And I just want to add a perspective shift for you as well, because you said something about um, like you feel bad for dating all of them. What, what was the exact wording? Like if, if, or is yeah, it I, I, I guess like I, I normally focus on one person at a time or at least try to so that it's mm-hmm. not like my attention is in three different places. And, and not that I ever said that I was solely dating one person at a time. Whether they assume that or not, I'm not quite sure because I've never said I, they've never clarified that is what I would say. Yeah. So if you can flip the perspective to, they may also be dating other people. I don't know if you've had a specific conversation, but this is, this is, this is the game. This is the dance that most people are doing. So you want to be compassionate and considerate, but also understand that they may be out there doing what they're doing as well. So they're, they're probably not as focused on, on who else you might be dating. Just try to enjoy the time that you have together. And then one, I'm going to give you a little piece of homework, if I may. Um, do you journal? Mm. So I don't, but oh, I can. Get on so that. you do now. 
Um, but you can even just keep a dating journal. And I think it's really, really important to focus on how you feel on these dates with these people. And a lot of times I write for this column, this matchmaking column for the Washington Post called Date Lab. And I interview people usually the next day or two days later. And it's amazing the difference in detail between the people that I tell to write down the details of the date right after and the people that are like trying to piece it together two days later. If you can have this record for yourself, it can help you really sort through your feelings because you might think back to this date and like, well, I had a great time. But if you wrote down what actually happened, you might find that there were more clues to how you should feel and what the next step should be in what actually happened that evening or day. Day dates are fun. Well, thank you. So try that. Now you have homework. You're welcome. I love that, Timona. Thank you. All right, let's go to our next caller. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. How can we help you? I, um, I follow Matchmaker Maria on Instagram and I'm from Washington, D.C. So um, I- So much the- D.C. dating slander on this podcast oh, this season. I am so sorry. It's, it's okay. I will say last week, it did take me two hours to go eight miles. So, you know, there's that. Um, but I love date lab and I've literally been reading it since I think I could read the newspaper. So I love love. Um, But one of the reasons why I'm calling in is I listened to one of the last hotline episodes and matchmaker Maria talked about the trouble, but then like the resolution and the coming to of her the difficulties with your mother-in-law and I am getting to a point in my dating relationship where we are talking about the future and talking about engagement. We've been dating for about two years um, and my partner's family has become very difficult and challenging Um, and so I'm just trying to work through, like, is this a forever, is this going to be how it always is? Will it ever change? So just wanted like any tips or tricks or, or thoughts on difficult family members. Well, I'm not a fortune teller and neither is Demona. So actually, actually I am. <laughs> are you, do you do Tara? What do you, how, are you really a fortune teller? Yeah. Drew out in me on the recent episode. I've been reading Tarot since I was 12. Girl, I did not know this. Um, okay. Well, let Amanda know. I'll pull some her, cards for you. If okay. her mother-in-law is going to like uh, eventually fall in love with her. You know, uh, I would actually, as someone who did have uh, a pretty rocky relationship with my in-laws for a very long time and now they suddenly like me. I think what worked for me, and this is the, I don't know if this is the only advice I could give, but I can just say what worked for me is like very early on when we saw that it was going to be difficult and it became very apparent within the first six months of dating. Um, I let my boyfriend at the time know, you have to advocate for this relationship. I am not going to ask you to choose between me and your mother. That's insane. That's your mother. <laughs> And I might be the mother of your kids one day and you shouldn't have to choose between the two of us, but you have to advocate for this relationship and protect it. So if you see that, for instance, we can't stay over your parents' house because, you know, there are certain boundaries that shouldn't be crossed and we need that space, then, you know, you just have to say, okay, we're going to stay in a hotel when we're visiting, or we're going to rent an apartment nearby. Like what makes focus you know, can we have four great hours with each other every single day when we're visiting versus 12 very defensive hours together every single day? And it, it, it took us a little bit to master that. But then when we did, because we were getting good quality time together where the boundaries wouldn't uh, smudge, I guess, where we wouldn't hit the gray area of contention. (laughs) We were able to build like good moments and memories to like create at least a foundation for respect eventually. 
So that's the advice that I would give you that I would just concentrate on how he treats you and how he advocates for your relationship. I was going to say the same thing. I I actually, I had a client who her first marriage, she, she was head over heels for the guy, but the wedding itself brought up so much drama. Mm -hmm. Her, her mother-in-law was like way out of line, (laughs) way out of line. But um, the real crux of it, the problem was that her fiance didn't have her back and she felt that and immediately knew within they were divorced within six months. I since then helped her rewrite her dating profile and find another another match that she actually likes her in-laws in. But that was really, in, in a way, you almost have to, it's like exposure therapy, like you almost have to go to the fire and see, because that's really what you need to know. Like, is this person, like matchmaker Maria said, going to advocate for you? And it may be uncomfortable and the, the instinct may be to pull back from it, but you don't, you don't need to have a relationship really with, with your mother-in-law. I think in an an ideal world you would, but that is not the relationship that is most important. It's the bond between the two of you. Yeah. I would, I would have a conversation with him about that. Um, I feel like I've talked about it in a previous episode on my podcast. Like I think in one of the episodes where I talked to my husband about our long distance and like how some of that, you know, the contention between me and his parents, which by the way, I don't know if Damone, I don't, do you know why his parents did not like me? No. And I am eager to learn. It's because I'm not from the same Island they're from. I'm from a different Greek Island. Wow. That's not your fault. I know, but like and also like a, a beautiful, amazing Greek woman. Like, no, and you know what the irony is too is that like I grew up with a bunch of people in New Jersey who are from the island of Crete. So I actually have a traditional Cretan costume in my house. My husband does not own a single one. Um, I know all the Cretan dances. My husband does not know a single one. Like, and I'm like, <laughs> dude, I'm like more Cretan than you. Like, what what the hell is going on here? Um, no. And then I think, I think my, I think my in-laws started to like me, not only because we were able to create like moments and memories to like build a foundation on, I think they started to like me the moment they realized that George is the only one from his circle of friends who married someone that also speaks Greek. Mm. Um, so like, oh, you get to communicate like other parents in their neighborhood were like, wow, your daughter-in-law's Greek and you can communicate with her. And they're like, yeah. And they're like, you're so lucky. And I think he, I'm hearing that for nine years, they were like, wait, maybe we are lucky. <laughs> Cause they don't speak English, you know? That is helpful that, that you know the language. And also you're the mother of their grandkids. I think something subtle, I know it's taken a while. I had to have two does, kids. I, I had know. to have two kids for that to happen. You're doing time, doing hard time. <laughs> But I, I feel like my my relationship with my in-laws wasn't always smooth, particularly with my father-in-law, but I really feel like something shifted, particularly after my son was born, my second. So you just you just gotta put in put in the time. Yeah. Put in the time. Put in the time. How many years in was your second son born of knowing your spouse? Oh my, oh my goodness. A long time. Uh because we we dated for almost four years before we got married, and then we had him like it was like nine years, eight or nine same thing. Years. Nine years. See, so that's the answer. Nine years. Yes. That's your answer. Perfect. So uh, it's 2022 and 2031. Your in-laws are going to love you. Wonderful. <laughs> Start the countdown. Uh, thank you for calling in. We I yes, really thank you. It. All right. Thanks so much. Uh, Demona, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me on Ask a Matchmaker. It was absolutely wonderful having you on. Um, I know you and I subscribe to different dating philosophies, but at the same time, I think that our core values of success are truly aligned. And I think it shows in today's episode. So again, thank you so much for coming. Agreed. And thank you so much for having me. And where can people find you? Well, I do the Dates and Mates podcast for 10 years, plus the rest of my life. Um, no, I love it. Every uh, Tuesday, we have new episodes. You're on Tuesdays now. Yes, I'm on Tuesdays too. <laughs> I was like, oh, 
now people can stack it. You can stack yeah. dates and mates right after you listen to Ask a Matchmaker. And um, I'm on Instagram at Damona Hoffman. And uh, I can also, if you're interested in the online dating experience, you can get my free profile starter kit that is available for a limited time only at DemonaHoffman.com or DatesAndMates.com. I will include both links in the show notes for anyone who's interested. And I also include a link to Demona's Instagram profile. So you can go and follow her. Uh, Demona Hoffman, you are a goddess. And thank you again. And uh, until, until next time. And thank you for listening to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. Like Demona said, you're going to subscribe and listen to my podcast. And you're going to subscribe and listen to Dates and Mates. Stack them up on Tuesdays. I want you to send this episode or any previous episode that you enjoy to a friend, send it to a sibling, send it to your single parent, uh, tag it on Instagram, whatever you enjoyed, let me know. Uh, and of course, be lovable, but more importantly, be likable. See you next week.